Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Smart Cities Chronicles podcast. My name is Adam Beck. I'm the host of the podcast, and I'm executive director at the Smart Cities Council here in the New Zealand and Australia region. Thanks for joining us. Uh, an episode, episode 37 today, uh, we're going to be uh, talking with one of the upcoming exhibitors uh, at the Asia Pacific City Summit in Brisbane in July, and also a Smart Cities Council uh, innovation partner, uh, AnyHub, and on the line joining us for this uh, this interview, we've got Bob Matchett. Bob, thanks so much for joining us. Hi, Adam, and thanks for having me. No, Before pleasure. Pleasure, Bob. Um, uh, Bob, our, our listeners are scattered all over the world in different parts. Um, I'd, like, I'd like to sort of uh, get our uh, guests to introduce themselves. Can you give us a a bit of a snapshot of who you are and what you do. Thanks, Adam. I'm the co-CEO of Enerhub. Enerhub started seven years ago um, and it it started in response to the the smart cities movement and in an effort to make smart cities more tangible and more real for government. you're based out of Sydney, Bob, but you've got a bit of a, a pretty broad footprint. Is that correct? Yeah, I'm, I, our head office is in Sydney. We, we currently have uh, smart city infrastructure agreements in Victoria, New South Wales, Queensland, and in California in the United States. Excellent, excellent. Um, I mentioned in my introduction um, uh, the upcoming uh, Asia Pacific Cities Summit. I'd like to just, um, I'd like to sort of square that one off. Um, tell me a little bit about um, your sort of uh, interests in getting up to Brisbane during that event. Um, it's it's going to be it's going to be a cracking event. We're we're sort of part of that as well. Um, it's it's been four years, I think, since the last one was in Brisbane and a lot's changed in four years with cities. What's sort of exciting you about being involved uh, in that, in that event? The event came to our attention off the back of us securing a a 10 year, 10 year contract with the city of Brisbane. Uh, We're now the uh, smart pole slash smart city provider for the city of Brisbane. Um, we're, we're deploying throughout the CBD and, and in some locations outside the CBD, we're deploying a, you know, a range of smart city services. Uh, Brisbane, our focus is absolutely on the capital cities of Australia and the Asia Pacific, and Brisbane being the largest council in the Southern Hemisphere it's, has been a council we've been working with for a long time. Once we secured that contract, uh, the, the Lord Mayor's office uh, brought the event to our attention, and it was it was it was a no-brainer really. Once we once we looked at what it was and who was attending, and and the reach and and profile that it has, we just jumped on board. Um, but to your other question in relation to what what we think has changed over the last little while, I, in in the smart city space, I'd say three years ago it was. It was all about the tech. It was all about Wi-Fi. It was all about smart controlled lighting. It was, but it seemed quite singular um, and, and not very, very integrated. Um, I think fast forwarding three years, uh, the conversation is now all about integration of, 
of all of the smart city services and the internet of things and how you're integrating those and how you're deploying and capturing the data and controlling those devices and monitoring those devices. It, it really has genuinely become about the, 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 the smart city ecosystem. So, you know, it wasn't long ago, if you deployed, if you had free public Wi-Fi, you were a smart city. Mm-hmm. And now I think, I think the, the bar is much higher and, uh, and, 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 I'm very. I'm, I'm actually quite glad about it. I think the urban outcome is is going to be improved by taking a more integrated view on what a smart city is. I I, I kind of love your um, sort of reference and terminology there about you know urban outcomes. Um, I um, and, and and I totally agree with sort of that assessment of of how we've moved in three years and it's it's very refreshing to to see that shift in the in the narrative and the language um i want to i want to just quickly for our listeners um just to get a sense of um uh, any hub and um the work that bob and the team does um for those that are multitasking and you've got a, a web browser in front of you if you sort of plug in um any e-n-e hyphen hub h-u-b dot com uh, you get a sense of some of the um, some of the sort of um, outcomes that uh, any hub help cities realise. So let, let's sort of talk. Uh, let's talk urban outcomes, urban experience. Um, the the smart light poll. I remember the first um, kind of conference and gathering I went to, Bob, that really went deep into sort of smart lighting, smart controlling. Um, was around about three years ago. Um, I very quickly and clearly learnt that it, that there's smart light poles and the smart light poles. Um, we had you guys, of course, come in and feature at our Future Street demonstration uh, down in Sydney, and I think that's going back to 2017 now. Um, you know, I, I kind of came away from that demonstration where one of the uh, one of the, one of the AnyHub poles was in there, and it was kind of like well, you know, the bar's lifted now. I mean, if your light pole can't do at least sort of 10 different things, I mean, you know, you're really sort of in some way being a little bit negligent. Talk to me uh, talk to me about smart lighting and in particular that sort of area, that technology, the, the approach to smart lighting as you see it over the past sort of three years. What type of journey has, has that specific sort of technology um, or, or sort of, um, you know, part of the, the smart cities infrastructure ecosystem. How has it evolved, matured, or otherwise over the last few years? Smart LED street lighting has has been the catalyst in many ways for truly delivering smart city. The, the economic argument around changing from traditional lighting technologies to LED um, meant that cities, cities everywhere started looking at what is a streetlight. For a long time, there's been the journey of the humble streetlight and the realisation that those locations are some of the most valuable locations in a city and not just commercially valuable, but... Uh, functionally valuable. So, so smart street lighting is the, in, in my mind, is the catalyst uh, for delivering 
delivering smart city outcomes. Um, three years ago, delivering LED was, was, was a, a great achievement. Um, delivering smart controlled LED was, was, was fantastic. Um, but now we need, the, the way we're achieving that control can't simply control the light. The platforms for controlling a light are now platforms that can control the internet of things. The mm. same platform that controls your light should be controlling your environmental sensors, mm. should, be, should be gathering uh, your people counting data, should be gathering your cycling, cycle counting, vehicle counting data. So, so smart street lighting has been pivotal, pivotal in the, in the smart city journey um, and has opened the door in, in many respects to, to the internet of things. So, so as you said, if, if, if you're installing a, a humble streetlight, if you're installing a humble streetlight now, then, then you're, you're underutilizing and undervaluing you know, that, that piece of infrastructure. Uh, so, so absolutely, today you need to be delivering a vehicle or a smart city enabler that delivers smart control street lighting, but also enables all of the other services. The technology that you're controlling your street light with um, needs to be the same technology that you'll be that you'll be communicating with and gathering data from your environmental sensors. It's that's where we're at, and and that's the that's where the bar is, and that's what that's what land authorities globally need to be focused on delivering. Uh, have you seen Bob in those three years any kind of shift in the the sort of the the rationale or the reason why uh, a local authority or another demand side organisation may want to invest in in in, in smart street lights? I, I mean. Uh, being being somewhat of a sustainability oriented guy, I mean, I go straight to just the, the immediate, you know, low hanging fruit in terms of energy savings, greenhouse gas emissions savings from, you know, the higher performing LED uh, luminaires. Has has there has there been any shift or consistency or otherwise when it comes to why you're seeing your clients want to embrace this uh, this type of a solution? Uh, I think I think they're, they're embracing it for the economic and, and, and environmental benefits. That, that, that's why a land authority embraces smart controlled LED lighting. Mm. But, but the flow on of, of, of delivering a, a genuine smart city enabler, delivering data sensing, collecting data, the flow on from that means you can genuinely deliver outcomes, data driven outcomes. So mm. capture data about the place, evaluate the data, and then use that data to make that place more efficient, whether it's in waste, whether it's in people movement, whether it's in safety. Um, what, what I'm seeing is that the shift has gone from absolutely get the energy saving, absolutely um, deliver a better environmental, out, environmental outcome, but, but, but expand uh, the, the objectives of what you're delivering to include the collection of data so you can then make data data um, driven decision making and then deliver data driven outcomes 
and 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 what I'm finding is land authorities and land authorities and councils that they're, they're speaking less about the tech and more about the outcome mm. and mm. and and smart controlled LED lighting was always about the outcome it was about the energy saving it was about the environmental benefit now the sensors the, the Wi-Fi, the communications infrastructure, the environment, the, the electric vehicle charging infrastructure, it's all about what outcome are we delivering um, for, for the people that use that place. Just on the, um, the sensing for a moment, Bob, let's sort of just geek out on that for a moment. Um, you know, I've, I've sort of certainly been a sideline spectator around IoT um, for the past sort of two to three years. Um, I, I'm trying to sort of cast my mind back, you know, 2016, there was certainly smart lighting, smart controlling as a narrative and conversation happening. IOT was emerging. Um, am, am I kind of hearing from you maybe a little bit around convergence here, smart lighting, IOT sensing, like it's, was that always part of the, kind of any hub or even beyond you know your company but just more more broadly around the smart lighting sort of world um has iot sort of played any particular role in changing the narrative converging the technologies you know really broadening your kind of solutions and opportunities and therefore the outcomes you deliver clients has, has there been a shift or change there absolutely absolutely yeah, yeah the internet of things is, has converged with smart street lighting or smart street lighting is now evolving to include the internet of things mm. and, and the narrative around um, uh, collecting, collecting data and, and controlling more devices or monitoring more devices has absolutely shifted. Um, uh, in terms of, in terms of Enerhub, the Enerhub story has evolved. It, it feels, uh, Continuously, mm. like this space moves so quickly. If you're not, if you're not, um, if you're not trying to, if you're not aware of it and staying and, and attempt at least attempting to stay ahead of the curve, you, you will be left behind. Um, so, so the Enerhub story has evolved has evolved continuously in its in its seven years, um, and and evolved in response to what land authorities are demanding. Yeah. That land authorities are becoming far more aware, far more tech savvy, far more outcomes focused. Um, it, it just isn't enough to, to simply provide a, a single solution. And, and, and on that, because of the speed of evolution of this space and, and, this, and the speed of uptake in this space, that's why the view on uh, procurement and the relationship with your providers is shifting. So what we're seeing is longer term agreements, which allows the land authority the ability to make their provider um, accountable for a longer period of time. You're not just simply delivering 100 Wi-Fi access points, sticking them up on some poles, wiring them again getting them commissioned, getting a couple of outcomes and then leaving the building. It's, it's, it becomes a genuine evolving uh, partnership. And if, if the contracts are structured 
appropriately, then, then it's possible to, to not just deliver um, smart city outcomes on day one, but to upgrade the tech, to uh, upgrade the software, to, to keep the smart city services relevant over a long period of time. I, I think smart city as a conversation needs to be built around longer term arrangements. Just on the, the tech for a moment, Bob, and, and that exact point around kind of like the more long-termness of our, of our view of, of sort of the asset um, and, and, of course, the continual rapid evolving um, sort of space that, that, that technology just is by nature. Um, one, of course, key topic of interest, discussion, narrative is is 5g um i i'd love to i'd love to get some some thoughts from you around this and just let me sort of intro my question a bit um we, we do have i know a number of you know cities and local government organizations that that listen to the podcast and um my very crude assessment of the the state of play with 5g is that um, I don't think I'd be incorrect in saying that, you know, there's there's a lot of sort of um, interest, but also kind of what does it really mean tangibly for a city? So um, let's just talk about urban infrastructure and poles and this, um, uh, this sort of evolving need to be able to put the new advances in tech, whether it be sensors, uh, with 5G, it's kind of like small cell now, right? Becomes a really key part of the of the kit. Um, can you can you talk me through this I- idea of you know the streetlight, the pole, becoming more and more of the the backbone the backbone by which it it kind of is essentially you know the 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 place in which we um, attach and evolve uh, these new sort of uh, technologies that are going to provide different, you know, new services. Talk, talk me through just now how the 5G conversation is playing out, what you're seeing, um, what are some relevant issues that you think you'd sort of share with our listeners around that interface of technology, the street light and, and the city and, and the relevant interests. And of course, also, the citizens and the streetscape. What's uh, what's happening there in your world and experience around five G? Okay. Well, first of all, having having advanced connectivity in a city is is fundamental to being viewed as a as a global destination, a global city. You need to, you need you need fast communications in a city. People need to be able to communicate not just locally but globally. And, and communications is just fundamental to, to the new city. Um, you know, the, the next point to make is that uh, communications is evolving. It's evolved from 2G, 3G, 4G, and, and, and we're moving to 5G. The reason we're... The, that communications is evolving in that manner is because of our insatiable demand for data. So, mm. as as quickly as as 
companies can uh, develop applications and content. We're consuming that those applications and that content faster than they can develop it. So um, the, the social media platforms are, are just driving an uptake in data consumption that the carriers really struggle to to deal with. So that drives that drives the the demand in their networks. What we're seeing now is the deployment of uh, a, four, a 4G or, or 4G plus network. That requires small cells uh, to be deployed at a more frequent rate or in more, in more locations than the, the traditional macro cell sites. The move to 5G uh, takes the number of locations where equipment needs to be deployed up by a factor of between, there, there are various estimate, estimates, up by a factor of between five and 15 times the number of 4G small cells. So, so we have this proliferation of equipment, not just, not just the small cell radio, but the antenna. Mm. And, and I, I really hope your listeners don't have the disease that I have, and that is to wander through cities and always be looking at, at mm. looking up and looking at the equipment and looking at how well that equipment's being deployed. And, and, and I view it as a direct reflection of a city's um, respect for its public spaces. If, yeah. if, if a city isn't prepared to plan and control this, de this deployment, we're already starting to see some very uncontrolled, uh, un unmanaged um, deployment of, of, a, of a significant wave of equipment that's coming not just from communications but from all of the services that, that we've been talking about in this discussion. The point is, with 5G, there's a lot of equipment coming. The, what, what 5G will enable, I, I'm not, I can't sit here and say what services it's going to enable. It's going to enable more data to be consumed. It's going to enable a next level in applications. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to enable um, next level in, in information and transmission of information and next level of connectivity. The problem we have is if we don't if we don't do it, then all of the services and applications that we're that we're becoming accustomed to and, and that we want to use in order to communicate with our family everywhere in the world or our friends everywhere in the world, it, it'll start to start to um, become overburdened and won't work as well. So, so there is absolutely a, a very strong drive by the telecommunications companies to to continue to support their 4G network, but to start to deploy their, their 5G networks. Now, that'll have to happen over a period of years. But my view is, you know, as, as a citizen, I think there needs to be consideration about how this, how this, how this equipment's going to start to be deployed. What, what, what infrastructure are we going to put in place that is going to help us to manage, manage this, this wave of equipment so that, so that we get the services we want and we enable the outcomes that we want to achieve, but, but we do it in a controlled and a managed way. Um, so uh, I hope that answered your question. Uh, absolutely. Um, uh, Bob, the, the, the follow-up question then is, um, how do you, you know, as a technology company, as a data company, 
how do you um, how do you stay on the front foot? You know, the the, the design of, of your products, um, the emerging issues, whether it be regulation or or, or privacy, um, whether it be sort of the, the issues around 5G, there's a lot of unknown around sort of health issues. How do you, as a technology and data company, sort of keep up with that um, that sort of rapid pace of change? Can you sort of share some insights? I'd love to know how you, how you sort of do that. Well, first of all, we're not a, a telecommunications company. We're a vehicle for deploying that equipment. And we're not an environmental sensing company. We're a vehicle for getting those sensors onto the street. Um, what what the, the, the foundation of our business is to deliver future-proofed infrastructure. So that means in every location where we deploy a smart node, we have 24-hour power, and we have optical fiber, firstly. Then we have an enabler of smart city services, which is our product, the smart node, which has, is fully modular, fully flexible, um, has, has smart city modules that are pre, every smart city module is pre-provisioned with communications and power. So, so first of all, you've got 24 hour power. So you have, you have capacity for all services. You have fiber, so there you have maximum capacity for data. You have a flexible and modular enabler or deliverer of the services. And then you have long-term agreements with the land authority that, that have embedded in them the requirement to upgrade and maintain not just the structure, but that whole ecosystem of, of equipment thereby ensuring that we continue to deliver relevant smart city services over a long period. We don't, we don't sell a bunch of kit and then run away. We deliver the kit, deliver the outcome, deliver the data, deliver whatever is required of us over a long period of time with increasing uh, performance criteria. In terms of staying relevant with with devices, they are going to that they evolve. They evolve. Sometimes it seems hourly, but it's simply a matter of staying abreast of what the telecommunications companies are doing. Staying abreast of the um, what what data sensing and, and and tech companies are doing. Aligning ourselves with credible credible companies. Um, but but not never delivering uh, never delivering uh, an outcome to a land authority that is um, restricted. We, we are we are carrier agnostic. We are tech agnostic, and we deliver open data. So I, I think it's those things. It's it's flexible and future proofed infrastructure. It, then it's long term agreements that that ensure that ensure we have performance criteria placed on us to, to make sure the services we deliver stay relevant. Bob, you've got some projects, exciting projects, not only here nationally in Australia, but um, I understand in the US. Do, do you want to pick one up, pick one off for us and, and share with us sort of the journey you've gone through with a client, give some insights around key issues that kind of need to be navigated? I mean, there's a, you know, there's a lot of, 
a lot of product, a lot of options on, on, on the market. Um, what, what type of uh, journey have you gone through with a couple of clients? And I am, I am interested in particular in that sort of, um, you know, that idea of the longer term agreement, you know, not just drop a pole and run. Can you talk us through maybe a, an example there that you'd want to share? Sure. I think, I think the, highest, well, 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 the highest profile one is with the city of LA. And interestingly, we, we met the head of the head of street lighting for the city of LA in Brisbane. So it was it was a, an opportunistic meeting or fortuitous meeting, and uh, and he his name his name is Ed Ibrahimian, and uh, he he had been tasked by his Lord Mayor to um, to look globally for an outcome that would uh, protect that city from a, an outcome that the Lord Mayor, um, sorry, not the Lord Mayor, the Mayor quotes um, whenever he speaks. The outcome he, he, he's wary of is delivering post-apocalyptic Christmas trees, um, which is the way he refers to his streetlights. So Ed was charged with the job of getting out there and finding a way to deliver this full range of smart city services um, in a managed and integrated way. 15 minutes of, of talking, he, Ed kind of got it and said, are you prepared to come over and present to, to my team? We went over and presented. He said, are you prepared to deliver some samples? We delivered some samples. Uh, we tested those samples for six months. And off the back of that, we've secured a 25-year, it's a non-exclusive agreement, but a 25-year agreement for street lighting, co-location of small cells and the delivery of a wide range of smart city services. Um, that's a city, that's a city that has continuously been ahead of the, ahead of the curve in, in the take up of smart city stuff. 220,000 street lights, 180,000 of them upgraded to LED. 80,000 of those up to smart controlled LED, all of that under Ed Ibrahimian's watch. The next step for him, and he's very passionate about this, the next step for him is how do we deliver what he calls the bells and whistles of smart city in an integrated and managed way. He saw what Enerhub was doing. He saw what we've delivered in Victoria, New South Wales and Queensland, and he... he he brought us in and navigated us through that large organisation to the point where we now have a 25-year agreement. We're deploying smart nodes across the 15 great streets of LA. Off the back of that, we've just secured a contract with the city of West Hollywood. Um, the smart city, uh, the smart city subject topic. Uh, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, the smart city agenda is global. Every developed city is, is, is on a path to delivering smart city in some form or another. Um, and and uh, whenever you can deliver a, a future-proofed outcome, you can enable, enable, what, enable the outcomes in, in an integrated way and you, and you put your hand up to, to be 
to get on the journey with that land authority for a long period of time, it, it seems to be working. Uh, probably a couple of questions to finish, Bob. Um, that, I mean, that, that, that project, that scale, you know, the leadership of the city, I mean, I can only imagine it's been a, an incredible kind of journey, both as, um, you know, uh, an organisation that delivers a solution. But I'd imagine you've learned a lot on the way. Um, what, what would have been the, the real sort of highlight and, and light bulb moments for you, you know, leading up to sort of where you are as an organisation today? What, what's, what, what have been the things that have, um, you know, lessons you've really learnt and, and, and takeaways uh, over the past few years? Um, I think you've actually got to be able to do something that either the land authority can't do itself or, or someone else can't do. And you've got to, you've got to be out, you've got to be prepared to commit to delivering that outcome um, for the land authority. If, 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 if all you do is go in and say, Oh, I can, I can, I can deliver your poll or I can deliver you a piece of the puzzle. Um, the, the, the world's progressed beyond that. You need to be delivering genuine end-to-end -end solution, end-to-end um, -end value. You need to be prepared to take commercial uh, risk so that the, the commercial outcome for the land authority is, is much better than what it can achieve on its own. Um, I guess the light bulb, it, it's not really a light bulb moment. It, it's, it's something I've always believed in, in, in all of the businesses that, that I've been involved in, and that is deliver real value. You, and you can't snow, you, you can't, um, you can't, uh, you can't, you can't, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You can't, uh, you, you, you can't be artificial about that. It's mm. got to be genuine and, and easily communicatable, commun easily communicated value. Commercial, service, uh, commitment. So I, I think the light bulb is is delivering value, um, genuinely embracing this this new world, and and committing to the land authorities over a longer period of time, so that they don't think you're just going to run away. So, so with that as a, a bit of a reflection, you know, my final question now is. What, what's exciting you about what's coming up? You know, what's sort of on the horizon for you in the organisation? Uh, is there a pet project? Is there sort of, you know, what, what, what's, what's next? What excites you? Making it simpler. Making this smart city thing simpler. Mm. Because it's, it's been complicated and intimidating, you know, for long enough. And I think... I think the, the infrastructure, the enabler, the devices, the, the software, the central management system, all of those things are now converging across a broad range of services to the point where it can, it can be quite simple. It can be, let's, let's deliver this type of infrastructure that's enables some outcomes this way. Let's, let's um, integrate some devices. Let's present the data. Let's, let's, let's make the data open. 
um, it's about, for me, it's about making it simpler, making, making what we do simpler and then um, making the delivery of these outcomes simpler because I just think it's, it's, been, it's been complex and a, and a little intimidating for land authorities for a long time and, and I don't think it needs to be. Look, uh, <laughs> amen to that. I uh, could not agree uh, any more than, than what you've just sort of mentioned there. I, I mean, the overcomplication uh, the, the 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 mystery, the you know reinterpretation to to make it complex has, has just been not um, not helpful at all, helpful at all to anyone. Um, yeah. So um, we're singing from the same uh, hymn sheet there, but Bob, um, we got to pull up stumps and uh, and and call it time. Um, been fantastic to talk to you today. Um, really, really looking forward to to seeing you in Brisbane uh, at the Asia Pacific Cities Summit. For those um, in two weeks' time, that maybe in Brisbane, uh, it's going to be a great event. Um, mayors from all over the world uh, gathering in Brisbane. A fantastic program, and of course, a, a great uh, a great set of exhibitors that are going to be showing what next generation uh, infrastructure and smart cities looks like. So I look forward to catching up in, in person there. Um, for our listeners, we've had Bob Matchett from uh, AnyHub uh, on the call with us today, uh, talking about smart street lighting, smart infrastructure, um, urban outcomes, uh, highly insightful. Uh, Bob, thanks so much for, for talking to us today. Thanks, Adam. Really enjoyed it and look forward to seeing you in Brisbane. Absolutely. And for our listeners that aren't subscribing to the Smart Cities Chronicles podcast, thoroughly encourage you to do so. We're on Apple and Spotify and all those usual sort of platforms. You can also head to our website, smartcitieschronicles.com. Uh, feedback, we would love uh, that at any time. You can email us, chronicles at anz.smartcitiescouncil.com. My name has been Adam Beck, the host the Smart Cities Chronicles podcast. It's been great to have you listening in today. Look forward to sharing another episode with you shortly. But for now, I uh, hope you have